Okay, so the chapter is polarization of light. Introduction: The ordinary light consists of transverse waves in which vibrations takes place symmetrically in all directions in a plane perpendicular to the direction of propagation of light. When such a light passes through the thin crystal plate A, its vibrations are confined only to a single line in the plane perpendicular to the direction of the propagation of light. The light which exhibits this property of one-sidedness is called polarized light, or the phenomenon of asymmetry of vibrations along the uh, about the direction of propagation is called polarization of light. Light which has acquired the property of one-sidedness is called polarized light. It can be also summed up as the definition can be summed up as the phenomena of asymmetry of vibrations about the direction of propagation is called polarization or the process of removal of symmetry and bringing in one-sidedness is called polarization. I prefer the second one. Types of polarization: when the vibrations are confined along a single direction of right angles to the direction of propagation of light. is said to be plain polarized light if the vibrations are along a circle then it is called circularly polarized light if vibrations are along the ellipse it is called an elliptically polarized light electromagnetic theory of light and polarization the electromagnetic waves emitted by any common source of light such as a sun or a bulb are polarized randomly or basically unpolarized that is the electric field at any given point is always perpendicular to the direction of travel of the waves but changes directions randomly electromagnetic radiation has periodic electric and magnetic vibrations in mutually perpendicular plane at right angles to the direction of the wave propagation so polar in polarization electromagnetic waves are polarized if their field vectors electric field vectors are all in a single plane called the plane of oscillation light waves from commonly uh, from common sources are not polarized and thus they are called unpolarized or polarized randomly okay the, then we have we now have comparison between unpolarized and polarized light unpolarized light the light waves that have vibrations occurring within them at random angles without any plane are called as unpolarized light the phase difference does not exist and the changes in electric field take place at random speeds it is produced by conventional sources of light and is represented by arrows in all directions if the light wave is headed straight for you i mean straight in the direction of you polarized light the light waves that have vibrations occurring within them in a single plane the x and y components are connected to the electric field having a constant phase difference between them is to be obtained it is to be obtained from unpolarized light with the help of polarizers it is represented by a single line which is traveling in one direction not the band <laughs> so yeah that uh, sums up the comparison between polarized and unpolarized light next we have is the plane of polarization the plane of polarization is the plane perpendicular to the plane of vibration which contains the direction of propagation of light but no vibrations at all it is shown in the figure apparently you don't have the figure as of now that was my sex british accent hmm? all right doesn't work 
okay so it is explained in a diagram uh, so i don't think i will i'll be able to explain it in simple words pqrs suppose you have a slit uh, known as pqrs it is a square and it is polarizing light in one direction suppose in a vertical direction so that plane in which it lies is called as the plane of vibration and the plane in which there is no vibration at all it is known as the plane of polarization that is how easily i can put it all right the next topic is malus's law it is a very important law which governs all polarizing factors it is the uh, intensity of light transmitted by the analyzer now the analyzer basically what it does is if you have any uh, you know unpolarized light it is passed through a polarizing filter after which the light uh, becomes polarized and travels in a vertical or horizontal direction whichever way you place place the polarizing filter apparently after the light comes out of it you have an optically active component which basically changes the direction or basically changes the angle of the light traveling over here and analyzer is basically another type of polarizer which helps to uh, figure out the angle between them so when the pla completely plane polarized light is incident on an analyzer the incident in the intensity i of the tra light transmitted by the analyzer is directly proportional to the square of the cosine of the angle between the transmission axis of the analyzer and the polarizer i hope you all are with me so i is directly proportional to cos square theta that is the uh, law malus's law states that very equation which we have given right now so malus's law for polarized incident light passing through an analyzer the intensity of i light from analyzer is given by the equation i is equal to i maximum times of cos square of theta where theta is the angle by which the analyzer and the optically active compound have shifted shifted the light it is basically the angle between the analyzer and the uh, you know okay skipping that you get my point right where i max is the inten maximum intensity of the light transmitted at phi equal to equal to 0 or theta equal to 0 whichever is uh, accurate for you you can take it suppose you have the angle between the transmission axis and the analyzer and the polarizer as theta the completely polarized light from the polarizer is incident on the analyzer if e not is the amplitude of the electric vector transmitted by the polarizer then in intensity i not of the light incident on the analyzer is all we, which we all know i is directly proportional to e theta e base theta whole to the power square we are only showing proportionality over here for now so we can put it as intensity of light i transmitted by the analyzer is equal to or which implies i is directly proportional to e not cos ka whole square i upon i not is equal to e not cos theta ka whole square upon e e not ka square which is equal to cos square theta i is equal to i not cos square theta from here and again we are proving the equation i is directly proportional to cos square theta which means the equation that we have just found out is accurate so when theta is equal to 0 or 180 i is equal to i not and when theta is equal to 90 or you know any other angle apart from 90 as in you know the multiples of 90 270 yeah i mean 100 degrees away from 90 that is 270 right if i'm accurate then it is zero 
at perpendicular angle it is always zero so the production of polarized light the plane polarized light may be produced from unpolarized light by using the following phenomena reflection double reflection scattering and selective absorption in the process of polarization by using reflection of light phenomena the polarized light is reflected from non metallic surface the amount of polarization then will depend on the angle of incidence of the light and then the composition of the material used for the reflecting surface Malus discovered that when a beam of ordinary light is reflected from the surface of transparent media like glass or water it gets polarized the degree of polarization varies with the angle of incidence what happens when the light is not polarized well, is not unpolarized but rather linearly polarized in the plane of incidence no reflection no component of the incident light will is will be perpendicular to the plane of incidence thus the light is completely refracted okay so we also have another uh, concept called as brewster's angle or brewster's law this you might have to cover up in another uh, lecture where we might be showing a video so the brewster's law i'm just stating it for now hope you get it for light incident at brewster's angle theta b we find experimentally that the reflected and refracted rays are perpendicular to each other because the reflected ray is ref, uh, because of the reflected ray is reflected at the angle theta b the refracted ray is at an angle of theta r so theta b plus theta r must always be equal to 90 to satisfy the condition of polarization of light between these two medias these two angles can also be related to another equation which we have already uh, we have snell's law comparing these two equations and we get the final formula theta b is equal to tan inverse of n2 upon n1 where n2 is the refractive index of the second media and n1 is the refractive index of the first media you might always be knowing about refractive media refractive index of a media it was taught in class 10 cbse i hope you uh, check it out on google or search up all right the simplified version is known as the brewster's law and theta b it is named after sir david brewster who found both experimentally in 1812 all right uh, in polarization by reflection when life sorry when the light is allowed to be incident at a particular angle for example glass it is 57.5 degrees the reflected beam is completely plane polarized the angle of incidence at which the reflected beam is completely plane polarized is called the polarizing angle or more commonly known as ip i base p all right so polarizing angle i base p is given by theta is equal to theta p which uh, theta base p which is equal to tan inverse of n2 upon n1 where n1 and n2 are the refractive indices of the rarer and denser mediums respectively over here we uh, that is the same thing which we covered a, a few minutes ago which was the brutus brewster's law why am i saying brutus i'm not going to remember seizure for now he's not going to help me in my exams all right anyways that was a boring statement uh, so from the above equation it can be also be referred as the brewster's law if an um, unpolarized beam is incident at this angle then the reflected beam will be linearly polarized with its electrical vector perpendicular to the plane of incidence okay so that is also known as brewster's law and theta p is also known as the polarizing angle or brewster's angle all right let's go to the next slide polarization by scattering 
since the light is a transverse electromagnetic wave it vibrates the electrons of air molecules perpendicular to the direction of that of traveling okay so the electrons then radiate like small antenna since they are oscillating perpendicular to the direction of the uh, light ray they produce electromagnetic radiation that is polarized perpendicular to the direction of the ray when viewing the light along a line perpendicular to the original ray we get this okay apparently it's another diagram which i have to explain in my other video class so the light wave radiated from the sun is unpolarized once it reaches once it reaches earth's atmosphere it undergoes scattering as they are transverse they are transverse in nature they vibrate air molecules perpendicular to the direction of the propagation as a result electrons in the air molecules start emitting radiation in the form of light in many directions okay so these lights are polarized in the direction perpendicular to the per, uh, direction of propagation of the original ray the emitted rays of the light which are per, parallel to the direction or orientation of original rays are completely unpolarized emitted rays of light which are perpendicular to the direction of original rays are completely polarized the rays of light which are scattered in all directions are partially polarized polarization by selective absorption this is the third part of how to polarize a light wave so a number of crystalline materials absorb more than one incident plane than another so that light progressing through the med uh, medium can become more and more polarized as we proceed so basically it is made up of multiple layers this anisotropy of absorption is called dichroism uh, all right sorry for that this anisotropy in absorption is called dichroism there are several naturally occurring dichroic materials and the commercially uh, sorry and the commercial material polaroid also uh, polarizes by selective absorption coming to the last one we have polarization by double refraction or known as bifringence all right so some transparent crystals such as calcite and quartz have the property that when one views an object through them sees two images of the object if one passes a narrow beam of light through them the refracted beam is split into two parts which travel through the crystal and emerge as two separate beams one of the beams obeys the law ordinary laws of refraction which is known as snell's law and one ordinary ordinary ray i think ordinary yeah, o ray the other beam is called the extraordinary ray so basically what what is happening is they are being refracted twice one is an original ray and the other one is called an extraordinary ray are you with me if you are not then you can uh, you know go back listen to the podcast again if one analyzes the two beams with a polaroid analyzer one discovers that the two beams are both polarized but that the directions of their vibrations are at right angles to each other so basically what happens is we all know that when refraction happens what happens is the refract uh, when uh, a light gets refracted it changes its angle it changes its speed once it enters the medium and then when it exits it changes its speed as well again so what happens in this case in case of calcite is if you arrive at a specific angle then what happens is not only does it get refracted in one direction but it also gets reflected back so basically instead of seeing one image uh, of what you are, what is placed beneath it you will see two images that is how bifringence works
So both planes are polarized. One is linearly polarized, while the other one is horizontally polarized. So basically, they will be the opposites of each other. Okay. And now we are heading on to Nicole prism. Now you might have studied in chemistry class 12 NCRT if you are a science student. That a Nicole prism is made up of calcite crystal. You have come across this while studying optical activity in class 12 NCERT part 2. So the first chapter itself deals with this one. So a nickel prism is made up of calcite crystals where you have optically active compounds. It is used over there. It was designed by William Nicol in 1820. A calcite crystal whose length is three times as its width. All right. So uh, we have uh, another diagram which has its construction, how it is, it, uh, how it is built. Uh, the end faces of the crystal are grounded in such a way that the angles in the principal section become 68 and 112 instead of 71 and 109. So basically this is all related to ge geometry and stuff like that. And you uh, might be difficult, it will be a little difficult to understand it via podcast if it would have been a video lesson which I would be making in, a, uh, in some time. That would be great. So just bear with me for now on. Alright, uh, so the crystal is cut into two pieces by a plane perpendicular to the principal section as well as to the new ends of the faces. The two parts of the crystal are then cemented together uh, using Canada balsam. Okay, so that is a, a kind of a cementing tool. Alright, uh, like we have cement and then we have bricks. So basically it is the cement which fills in the space between them and then it acts as a glue and keeps them glued together. The two parts of the Nicole prism. The refractive index of Canada balsam lies between the refractive indices for the ordinary and the extraordinary rays for calcite. An optical axis of the crystal is, direction, is a direction in which the ray of transmitted light suffers no bifringence or double refraction. An optical axis is a direction rather than a single line. All rays are parallel to the direction exhibited, uh, uh, direction exhibit the same lack of bifringence. By refringence. My bad. Okay, so we have types of polarization. Linear polarization, a plane electromagnetic wave is said to be linearly polarized. The transverse electric field and uh, electric field wave is accompanied by a magnetic field wave as illustrated. Again, if you have studied in class 11th chemistry NCERT, you will find this very same diagram in uh, chapter 2, I suppose, structure of an atom, wherein you will have the diagram for uh, perpendicular electric and magnetic fields oscillating with the same uh, direction of propagation. So that is the very uh, diagram given over here in a three-dimensional scale. We have x, y and z axis and the electric field moving in one, uh, you know, one plane and the uh, magnetic field moving in the opposite plane. So basically they are perpendicular to each other and propagating in the same direction. They intersect all each other at same points as well. So basically when all, uh, all their vectors uh, come to a zero vector, they have a common point between them if you are understanding what I'm trying to say I'm just trying to explain the image over here alright moving on we have linear polarization then circular polarization and then elliptical polarization we did it in the first part of the chapter alright circular polarization here it is circularly polarized light consists of two perpendicular electromagnetic waves of equal amplitude and 90 degree difference in their phase Light illustrated is the right angle uh, polarized, uh, sorry, right circularly polarized. So basically this is uh, what electric fields uh, basically, you know, do when they get polarized. 
electric and magnetic fields when they oscillate uh, so they produce circular polarization once they are polarized by a polarization a polarizer or an analyzer all right and then we have some uh, two slides dealing with images itself and we have optically uh, sorry elliptically polarized light as well and this uh, here over here the light consists of two perpendicular waves of unequal amplitude which differ in phase by 90 degrees another illustration is given over here in which it produces an elliptically polarized light i think it is similar to that of an electric wave or electric and magnetic field uh, you know when they oscillate uh, perpendicular to each other and propagate in the same direction the only difference over here being when circular when we discussed about circular polarized light what happens is electric and the magnetic field are well balanced they have equal magnitudes if, if you can say and then they pro, uh, you know produce um, circularly polarized light but when we are talking about elliptically polarized light what happens is one of the electrical electric or magnetic you know vectors are different or you know one will have a higher value one will have a lower value which causes the elliptical uh, you know sort of shape once all of these waves are compiled together enveloped together and we get a final result of elliptically polarized light with me so far great let's go on circular polarization we have a briefing over here circularly polarized light consists of two perpendicular electromagnetic plane waves ex and ey of equal amplitude and 90 degree difference in phase the light illustrated is a right right circularly polarized if the light is composed of two plane waves of equal amplitude but differ the phase by 90 then it is said to be circularly polarized if you could see a tip of an electric field vector it would appear to be moving in a circle as it approached you if while looking at the source the electric field vector of the light coming towards you appears to be rotating counter clockwise the light is said to be right circularly polarized if clockwise then left circularly polarized all right that is that was simple right if it is counter clockwise or anti clockwise then it is said to be right circularly polarized if clockwise then it said it is said to be left circularly polarized light all right the electric field vector makes one complete revolution as the light advances one wavelength towards you okay so as it moves one wavelength ahead it also completes one revolution along with it okay the phase shift can be introduced by using a material that exhibits by by refringence that is it has different indices of refraction for different directions of polarization a common example is calcite when a caco3 calcite crystal or a nickel prism is oriented appropriately in a beam of unpolarized light it is its refractive index for a wavelength in vacuum of 589 nanometers is equal to 1.658 for one direction of polarization and 1.486 ey component over here for the perpendicular direction so 1.658 was for ex component and 1.486 for ey component all right so that might be it we might have some other slides as well yeah we do have sorry my bad the concept of production of polarized beam of light from two shm acting at right angles when an ordinary and extraordinary rays in double refracted crystals are separated each ray is linearly polarized but with the directions of vibration at right angles all right since an ordinary ray there there were actually a couple of uh, diagrams again 
So until I make a video, this is completely useless. But once I make it, this podcast will be of quite a help. And you will, if you have the PPD as well, that would be great. You would be able to refer directly, which is astounding. All right, getting back to the point. Since an extra or since an ordinary ray, the direction of vibration is perpendicular to the extraordinary ray. We have to consider the following question: What sort of vibration results from the combination of two simple harmonic vibrations at right angles to each other and differing in phase? Are you getting the question? Pause the video and think for a few minutes. Ready? So the two simple uh, harmonic motions at right angles to each other never produce destructive interference, no matter what the phase difference is. So they will always be constructive, and but never destructive. So they will not cancel out each other's phase, uh, sorry, each other's effect, and they will continuously build on it. It might increase or decrease, but it will never come to a halt or never become zero, all of a sudden. However, the crystal is cut with faces parallel to its optic axis. so that light is incident normally on one of the faces transverse the crystal in a direction perpendicular to the optic axis as shown in the figure there is another figure which is showing that three perpendicular waves to the uh, perpendicular to the you know area vector oh i'm sorry a- area vector i don't think the people have read about it okay anyways i think i made a mistake over there so you have a plane and you have light passing through it and the area vector is uh, uh, anti parallel and parallel to the electric field vectors which are flowing through it or basically the light flowing through it going through it okay uh, we have the optic axis which is perpendicular to the light the ordinary and the extraordinary rays are not separated they are transverse sorry they transverse the same path but with different speeds i don't know what's happening to me excuse me So upon emerging from the second phase of the crystal the ordinary and the extraordinary rays are completely out of phase with each other and gives rise to either elliptically polarized light circularly polarized light or linearly polarized light depending on the sample thickness All right so when the phase difference is 0 2 pi or any uh, even multiple of pi so 0 2 pi 4 pi so on it can be plus minus plus minus uh, 2 pi 4 pi 8 pi 6 pi 10 pi anything like that or and zero as well the result is a linear vibration at 45 degrees to both original vibrations when the difference is pi 3 pi or any odd multiple of 3 the result is also a linear vibration but with a right angle to the corresponding to even multiple of pi so what is trying to say is when the phase difference is pi by 2 or 3 pi by 2 or any odd multiple of pi by 2 the resulting vibration is a circle for all other phase differences the resulting vibration is of uh, is an ellipse all right okay so zero you have a straight line again pi you have a straight line pi by 4 you have an elliptical diagram 3 pi by 4 you have an elliptical diagram and for pi by 2 you have a circular diagram okay so that is what is trying to say over here now coming to the last topic of this uh, presentation polariscope the pre- experimental procedures rely on the property of birefringence as exhibited by certain transparent materials birefringence is the phenomenon in which a light ray uh, passing through a given material experiences two refractive indices the property of birefringence or double refraction is of, uh, observed in many optical crystals upon the application of stresses photoelastic materials exhibit the property of birefringence and the magnitude of the refractive indices at each point 
in the material is directly related to the state of stresses at that point. Information such as maximum shear stress and its orientation are available by analyzing the birefringence of the instrument uh, using an instrument called polarization, polarized, uh, polariscope. My bad. When a ray of light passes through a photoelastic material, its electromagnetic wave components are resolved along two principal stress directions and each component experiences a different refractive index due to the birefringence. The difference in the refractive indices leads to a ref uh, relative phase retardation between the two components. Okay, that's a lot of theory. I get it. So, there are some mathematics involved with this and with that we come to the end of this chapter. Hope you guys are satisfied with the delivery. I am not satisfied apparently. It was a pretty terrible delivery, but it was my first podcast. So keep tuned to get more knowledge in the field of science, in field of physics, computer science, and many more uh, such as general topics. See you later. Bye-bye.